Welcome to the Hutto Community Church Podcast. HCC is located in Hutto, Texas, and is led by Pastor Russell Daniel. For more information, please check out our website at huttocommunitychurch.org. Well, good evening and welcome. I'm so glad that you guys are here tonight. I know that I say that every week, but as we celebrate Easter and our risen Savior, I'm just especially grateful uh, that you guys are here to celebrate and to worship Him tonight. So thank you for being here. Uh, When I think about Easter, it's such an easy holiday for us to run past. I know it's springtime right now, and our schedules are all packed with things to do. Uh, For us, we've got uh, gymnastics and t-ball that are in full swing. And yes, Haley's in t-ball, and yes, it is utter chaos. Uh, But she loves it and is having a great time. And so I know you guys are busy too, and you've got soccer schedules and robotics and Uh, You're looking forward to the month of May, which is always incredibly busy with graduation and the end of school and all the end of school activities that go with that. And so it's a really busy time of year, and it's easy for us to run past Easter. And some of you are making summer plans, and you're focused on that and where you're going to go and where your family's going to go on vacation and And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just another thing that takes away from our focus of Easter. Uh, Easter also comes with a long weekend. And so it's a great opportunity for some families to take a a little mini vacation and to get out of town and to not do anything and to not uh, think about anything. And for those with little kids, I mean, let's just be honest. Easter is all about the Easter eggs. Uh, I mean, tonight will be Haley's third Easter egg hunt. Uh, We did one a couple of weeks ago out at Sweet Eats Farm uh, that was great. And then, of course, she had one at school this week and and tonight. And, you know, they just love the Easter eggs and all the little goodies that they find inside. And, and of course, for us as believers, uh, I mean, especially if you've been a believer for a while, uh, we know about the resurrection. And we know about Good Friday, and we know about all the things that happens. And so it's easy for us to overlook Easter and the significance of what happens in the resurrection. And we can go through the motions and really not take time to ponder and to think about what Easter really means for us. And part of it is, again, I'm guilty of this too, It's easy to get lulled to sleep in the Christian faith, where our prayers get kind of monotonous, maybe boring, it's the same old thing, and we're praying about the same old stuff over and over again, and maybe not seeing a whole lot of movement from the Lord. So our faith is kind of lackluster, and our worship is a little bit passionless, and our lives begin to drift, and they begin to look like everyone else around us, so that it seems like there's no difference. And and so all of this brings me to the point to ask the question, what difference does the resurrection make in your life? I mean, really and truly, what is different today because of Jesus and the resurrection? You know, the dictionary defines the word difference as an instance of being unlike or distinct in nature, form, or quality. 
And so what difference does Jesus and the resurrection make in your life? How are you distinct? How are you unlike the rest of the world? Scripture is very clear that the resurrection makes all the difference in the world. And tonight we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to look at what Paul says uh, in various passages in this chapter. And so turn there with me tonight, and we're going to start in verse 3, because he says that, man, the resurrection is everything. In verse 3 we read, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Here it is. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And so here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, uh, here's what I told you, and here's what is still true today. Jesus died as the Old Testament, the Old Testament, uh, the, the law, the prophets, um, all of the wisdom literature, it all points to Jesus, and it all says he's going to die. He fulfilled that. And it all says that he's going to be raised again, and he did that. So that we know today that the resurrection legitimizes Scripture. So that without the resurrection, that the rest of Scripture is really quite meaningless. And if we look through all of the prophecies of Jesus, he fulfills them all. And just a few off the top of my head here. Uh, number one, he was born in Bethlehem, which is out of Micah 5.2. He was born to a virgin, Isaiah 7, 14. He was the suffering servant, Isaiah 53. And he, he fulfilled all of that and so, so, so much more. And we also see pictures of what would happen to Jesus along the way. One of the ones that really sticks out to me is the story of Jonah. So just as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights and then was vomited out on the beach, so Jesus was in the belly of the grave three days and three nights and rose on the third day. And so all of this coming together is fulfilled in the Messiah, in Jesus, so that he confirms Scripture and Scripture confirms him. So that for you and for me today, we have something of truth. In the world that, that, that seems like it has no truth, we have truth before us because Jesus was resurrected and we can go back and we can look at all of Scripture and know that it's true because Jesus fulfilled it. Secondly, the resurrection makes a difference by providing salvation for you and for me. Let's pick it up in verse 12, 1 Corinthians 15. It says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. 
then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. So what Paul is saying here is that the resurrection is everything when it comes to salvation. Because if Easter doesn't happen, if Jesus doesn't bust out of the grave, then here's the deal. Excuse me. Then you're still in your sins. There's no forgiveness of sins. There's no salvation. There's no eternity in heaven. And and those who have died, they're just gone. They're not anywhere. They're not in heaven. They're not with Jesus. They're gone. So that, I mean, then our our weeping would, would really escalate there. But in fact, Jesus was resurrected, and that means everything for salvation. Turn over to Romans chapter 4 and look at verses 24 and 25. In this passage, he's talking about Abraham's faith and how God credited to him as righteousness because of his faith. And he says, uh, it was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. So here, here, here again, we see one of these funny things in Scripture, that, that the cross has no power if it's not for the empty tomb. But the empty tomb can't happen unless there is a cross. And both of things, these things go together to provide for our justification, just if I never sinned before God. So, uh, now, now look back in the middle of verse 24. He says something I think that is very important that we hit on, especially here on Easter weekend. He says, God will also count us as righteous, then he makes that conditional, he uses that conditional um, preposition, if, if we believe in him. And so let's make something very, very clear. We are counted as righteous before God only if we believe in Jesus. If we believe that he was the son of God, that he came to earth as a man, that he died on that cross for our sins, and he rose from the grave and ascended on high. And this is not the kind of belief where it's an intellectual acknowledgement, okay? Just saying, oh yeah, I believe that's true, does not make you a Christian. It does not give you salvation, okay? It is the kind of belief that says, I believe that this is so true that I'm going to reorient my entire life so that I follow this Jesus. That's the kind of belief that we're talking about. John 3.16 would say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And then he would go on in verse 18 and say, uh, the very next thing is that, uh, but if if you don't believe in him, 
then you stand condemned already. But the point is not for you to be condemned. The point is that you would be saved, that you would know Jesus, that you would follow him with your life, and that you would spend eternity with him. That is why Jesus came, so that we may know him, we may know salvation, we may know life and know it to the fullest. Yeah, I was talking with a guy this week, and we were talking about um, how talk is cheap. And he was telling me about a guy that he did business with who, you know, said, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, and I go to this church and that. And then he got to talking to one of his employees, and he said, man, <laughs> this guy's all talk. And he might say all this stuff up front, like I'm a Christian, this, that, and the other, but his life does not reflect that. He doesn't act like that. He doesn't do business like that. He doesn't treat people like that. Man, I don't know that that's true for him. And so here's the deal. Like we can say we are Christians all day, but it doesn't make us Christian. It doesn't make us followers of Christ. And so what the resurrection means for you and me is that it provides for our salvation if and only if we believe Jesus to the point that it changes our life. And so that leads me to the third point today, that the resurrection makes a difference and how I live today. And, and I might add it on a little tagline, only if you know Jesus. Because when you come to know Jesus, this awesome, things hap- this awesome thing happens, he gives you part of his Holy Spirit so that he is the driving force in your life. And um, we see this over in Romans 8 and verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And so it is the spirit of God living in you that makes the difference in how you live today. Because so many of us, we, we want to act like we're, we're good, moral people. And I don't know why, because morality doesn't save, being good doesn't save us. And we're just trying to live our best Instagram life so we can put that out there so everyone can think that things are great, life is good, and Jesus loves me and has blessed me too. And really what we're after is we're seeking the approval of man. And we want to make other people uh, think that we're good, which why we do that, I don't know, but we do. And for some of us, you don't even care what other people think, but you're still living for yourself. And so it's not the Spirit of God that's driving your behavior, it's you. And so as believers in Christ, we've got, we've got to come to the point where we say exactly what Paul said in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10. He says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So what Paul is saying is, listen, I live for the audience of one. Like what you think I should do, it doesn't matter. And I've come to the point in my life where I know what I think is not best. And so I have submitted myself as a servant to Jesus. And it is his spirit living in me that drives all of my behavior. And that is is why my life that I live today is different. That's why it's different. Now, it doesn't mean that we're sinless. 
Doesn't mean we're not going to mess up, but we're doing our very level best to follow the Spirit of God. We're letting the old things pass away, and we're putting on the new. And as Jesus renews our mind, as we press into him, as we have our devotional time, as we read the Bible, as we pray, and his Spirit works in our mind, it begins to change how I live. And it begins to change how I think and how I treat people, and how I spend money, and what I actually, truly live for. It changes what I seek after. Because I'm not seeking after the things of the world. I'm seeking after Him. I'm seeking my comfort from Him. I'm seeking my approval from Him. I'm seeking life in Him. And so the resurrection changes how I live. It not because now I'm, I'm trying to live this good moral life for my own self. I'm, I'm living in the spirit of God. I'm living a life that is pleasing and honoring to Jesus. It makes a difference. And then the last thing, the resurrection makes a difference in my future. The resurrection makes a difference in my future. Go back and look at, uh, look at verses 16 and 17 and uh, 18 again. He says, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And, and so here's the deal. Like if, if Jesus is not raised from the dead, if there is no resurrection, then these things are absolutely True, that those who have fallen asleep, they're, they're gone, they've simply perished. If the dead are not raised, Jesus wasn't raised, and our faith is futile, and everything we do here tonight is in vain. But that's not true, because Jesus was resurrected. And so what is true is we skip down uh, close to the end of the chapter, and in verse 51 we read, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, here's how it's going to go down, guys. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. And he goes on to say, man, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Because in that day, when, when, we have, when we put on the resurrection bodies, death will no longer sing and it will no longer have victory. Boy, it makes an incredible difference because it's the difference in having no hope at all and having a hope that does, does not disappoint. It's the difference between heaven and hell. It's the difference between not knowing where I'm going to go when I die to having certainty that I will be with Jesus forever. It is a reminder that our hope for the future, it's not in this world. Because this world has heartache and hardship and it will disappoint and it will even devastate you. But the resurrection gives us a hope that will never fade. Man, that's good. So what? So what? For you and for me who are here today, this is all really great news and it's exciting and, and some of you like the theology that's in here, but so what? 
Well, Paul says in verse 58, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. And so Paul says, this is all really good news. Now here's what you're to do, to be faithful. Keep on keeping on. Keep doing the good works that you are doing. Keep serving other people. Keep loving other people. Keep encouraging other people. Keep sharing the gospel every time you have an opportunity. Stay faithful in your meeting together. Stay faithful in your devotion and your prayers and all the things that you know to do. You be steadfast. You persevere. Keep on fighting because this is not done in vain. It has an eternal reward. You know, I think that's really encouraging. And a message that we need to hear in a world that seems like it's falling apart. What are we to do? And sometimes it seems like we have to go out and save the world. But Paul reminds us that we are to keep being faithful, as faithful as we possibly know how. And as I thought about all of this, and I thought about the life of of the apostles, and I thought about the difference that their faithfulness made, And we can just kind of see it in a brief overview. You think about Peter. Peter went from being a fisherman, which I don't know if you've ever seen fishermen in a third world country, but there's no bass tracker 5,000 or 2,000 or whatever it is there for them to roll around on and throw out their fancy fishing lures and, and catch fish. Man, they live down on the beach and they live in really the dirtiest conditions They're stinky. Uh, They like to swear a lot. Uh, They're thieves. They're crooks. They're not great people. And in this day and time, I just, I can't really imagine that Peter and his fishing buddies were really that great of people. But Peter went from being a fisherman, dirty, stinky, smelly fisherman, to a fisher of men. He went from floating on the water, trying to catch fish, to walking on water with Jesus. He went from seeking some kind of transformation to seeing Jesus being transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration. He went from needing healing of the soul to being so full of the Spirit of God that his shadow would heal people as he walked by. He went from being that blubbering idiot to a preacher of the gospel where 3,000 men got saved on that day of Pentecost. He went from being willing to kill for Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane to being willing to die for the sake of the gospel. And so I just wonder, man, what difference does Jesus make in your life? You think about the Apostle Paul who wrote most of all the scripture we've read today. He was a Pharisee. He had strict adherence to the Old Testament law, and he found freedom in Christ and life in the Spirit. He went from being the persecutor of the, ter- of the church to preacher for the church. He went from the one overseeing the stoning of Stephen to being stoned for Jesus himself. He made others suffer for their faith, and he went, and the difference was he was suffering for the faith and giving his life for Jesus. He counted religion as something to counting relationship with Jesus as everything. Man, What difference does Jesus make in your life? You think about the people that Jesus touched. You think about Mary, 
who was a prostitute who gave everything she had to come and anoint Jesus. You think that the blind were made to see, the lame were made to walk, the lepers were to be healed, the deaf could hear, the dead were raised. What difference does Jesus make in your life? You know, I asked myself that very question this week, and and it's easy to give some some cliche answers like, well, you know, I, I know he saved me, and you know, I, I know that he's kind of called me to Hutto and to be a pastor and this, that, and the other. And I, I really began to dig down and think about all the different ways that Jesus has worked in my life. And I thought about my family history and how he's so worked in my family that I have, from both sides of my family, I have a history of faith. Where, where I mean, even back to my great-grandparents, They were followers of Jesus who taught their kids to be followers of Jesus, who taught their kids to be followers of Jesus, who've taught me to be a follower of Jesus. I think about, you know, many of the extravagant salvation stories we hear. Jesus saves people kind of in the middle of all their their sin and their muck and mire. And that wasn't my story because Jesus saved me from the muck and the mire. He kept me from going down those paths. Man, there's been a lot of times I'd really like to tell people how it is and give them the quote-unquote truth. But Jesus has taught me to shut my mouth and to keep me from making a fool of myself and dishonoring him. Jesus brought me broke at just the right time in my life. When we had difficulty getting pregnant, Jesus gave us Haley. When we couldn't get pregnant, uh, again, Jesus comforted me in the pain and has saved me from anger and bitterness and resentment. Jesus kept me from going insane in the year 2020. Jesus has given us a church building that we get to call home very soon. And Jesus has given us this incredible fellowship here tonight, gathered under these wonderful uh, shade trees as we worship him and as we celebrate the resurrection. And I'm so thankful for each and every one of you and how you've impacted my life. And there's 101,000 other ways that Jesus has made a difference in my life. And so I would say, man, Jesus has made a huge difference in my life. What difference has he made in yours? Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or visit our website at huddocommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.